Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. This is the radio show for business and for entrepreneurs that really does go all around the world. We're heard in every nook and cranny. I just arrived back last night from presentations in the South, Louisiana, Alabama, Tennessee, and it was great. I must admit, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'd like to thank everybody involved with the trip for their very generous Southern hospitality and showing us such a good time. God, the food down there is great. The food in the South, fantastic. I love it. Now, if you're listening for the first time, this is the radio program where we tell it exactly the way it is. We're doing everything we can to assist entrepreneurs by bringing you the latest information every week on what's happening. And not only what's happening in the United States, but what's happening in business all over the world. And we're very proud of the fact that we're the number one radio station in the world for entrepreneurs. And I mentioned last week, I think, that um, we've just reached agreement with Voice America Network to be on air for another 12 months. So we started off with a 13-week trial back in 2011. We continue to go from strength to strength. That's thanks to you, our great listening audience, so I really appreciate it. This week at the uh, Mobile World Congress in Barcelona, Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO, as you probably know, outlined a dramatic future for the mobile web with a pretty audacious plan, really, to bring free internet to the billions of people around the world who don't have access currently. You know, I started off not liking Zuckerberg, but... um, The more we see of him, he does a hell of a lot for charity, gives a lot of money to charity, and helps a lot of causes, and he really is hell-bent on getting internet to those who are less privileged to try and give them an opportunity to catch up a little bit, and boy, you've got to admire the guy for that. Now, Facebook's going to partner with between three and five major wireless carriers to provide free free, basic mobile phone access to everyone on the planet, with a big emphasis, of course, on the developing countries. Only about a billion of the Earth's 7 billion people have mobile phones currently. So 6 billion of us don't have mobile phones. But 80% of the rest of the population lives within areas covered by 2G or 3G access. The problem is that These people, these three, four, five, six billion people who have never accessed the web, don't know how to use it, and don't understand why it would even be of benefit to them. And of course, they also can't afford to get cell bills like you and I do every day, which can be hundreds or thousands of dollars a year to maintain your phone and your data plan. Those billions of people just may have a dollar or two 
to pay for basic messages and Facebook. So Facebook wants to invest with the help of a number of carriers in basic phone access for everyone. The effort's part of Zuckerberg's vision for internet.org, which is an initiative to bring internet access to everyone in the world. The goal, it's about bringing everybody the basic data services, like search, access to the weather and Facebook, all for free. And um, Zuckerberg describes it as the on-ramp for the internet. In the Philippines and Paraguay, for example, Facebook's already partnered with mobile carriers to make Facebook free to everyone with smartphones. The next step is going to be to expand from free access to Facebook to free access to other basic internet services. So people are going to get a taste of how the internet can help them and change their lives, and then hopefully they'll want to upgrade from the free services to the very low-cost services that will be offered. And that's the benefit to all these carriers to get involved. So the initial free connectivity that's to be provided will be just, you know, essentially text data. It's cheap to deliver, and then when they decide they want access to video and streaming, the carriers will be able to sell them cheap plans. And the long-term goal of Zuckerberg's, which is a fantastic goal, I'm really, I'm really admiring this guy. Um, it's to connect the whole world, and you know this isn't a short-term profit thing for for Facebook. They're going to lose money on this for a long, long time. But it's the reason he says that he began Facebook to connect people. So. Great cause. Mark, I really, really admire you. And I hope you get a whole bunch more people on board with you. I know you're picking up partners, but I hope you get a whole bunch more people on board to help you along this route. Speaking of Facebook, you probably know that last week they bought the messaging app, WhatsApp, for $19 billion. It's <laughs> a lot of money in it. $12 billion in stock. $4 billion in cash and another $3 billion in stock grants for employees and that'll invest, that'll vest over the next four years. So $19 billion. That puts them right up there amongst the most valuable companies in the world despite the fact they've only got 55 employees. But it, what it does give is Facebook absolute leadership in the mobile messaging platform space and... Uh, it's just another piece in the mobile app puzzle for Facebook. It's incredible. You know, with so many messaging apps available, the market is really fragmented, as you probably gathered. But WhatsApp is far and away the app with the most active users, particularly in Europe and emerging markets. Now, that's what appealed to Facebook because they're Facebook's next area for growth and WhatsApp is already well entrenched in those areas. Now, Facebook's going to lean on mobiles, of course, to get into those markets. So adding WhatsApp alongside paper, which I've seen fantastic reviews for paper. People are loving it. And other planned mobile apps that they've got, 
gives them multiple ways to reach new users. I'd be interested in hearing from anybody who's used paper because it's supposed to be fantastic. Now, I don't know what you did when you first heard about the $19 billion deal, but the first thing I thought of was, wow, they got 55 employees. I wonder how much they're going to be worth. How much money do they make in the deal? Well, let's just, we don't know how that's going to be divided or, and we're not even sure who's got the shares, but we do know that it's going to be divided among WhatsApp's owners and apparently most WhatsApp's employees own some level of shares in the company. Now, early employees are said to have up to 1% of the business. So you get out of college, you look for a job, you go along, you get picked up by WhatsApp. So you start working there, and just a couple of years down the line, they sell out to Facebook for, 106, for 16 billion, 19 billion. So those early staff members of WhatsApp who have got 1% of the stock, that 1% of the stock is worth $160 million. So I start work, stick with the company a couple of years, walk out with $160 million. Nice work if you can get it. Now, we often talk on this show about the importance of customer service and having a great corporate image in today's very transparent and highly connected marketplace. And uh, companies like PricewaterhouseCoopers, and I've spoken about their figures many, many times that demonstrate very clearly that customer service leaders and companies that are perceived well in the marketplace obtain majority of their business and their business growth from their image. You know, your image and your corporate um, perception of your corporate um, responsibility also affects your ability to raise funds, it affects your share price, it affects your employees' morale, number of lost days of work, your profitability, and so on and on. Now, you would have thought, with all the publicity that's been given to how powerful great customer service and great corporate image is, that most people would understand this by now. I would have thought that everybody got that you had to be perceived well in the marketplace, but apparently not. Now, this show is about entrepreneurs, and we want to give as many entrepreneurs as possible the opportunity to reach an audience that they would not otherwise be able to reach by giving employees a platform where they can describe their business Talk about what they need. Now, it might be staff. It might be a distribution partner. It could be any sort, anything at all. But tell all of you listeners exactly what they need and see if we can help them become more successful. So that all makes perfect sense and a good thing to do. I think Mr. Zuckerberg would be pleased. So every little while, we contact our database and uh, ask them if they've got a good product, and then we'll give them the opportunity to come on here and tell people about it. Every time we do this, we get a great response. In fact, overwhelming response 
and unfortunately, we're not allowed to. We're not able to. Not allowed. We're not able to accommodate everyone. We've only got so much time. However, last week we had a totally new experience for us. In response to an email offering entrepreneurs the opportunity to come on this program and tell us what they're doing and how we can help them, I received the following from Andy Irvine, who is with a company called My House in Australia. Now, before I read the email from Andy Irvine, take note of the fact that they've been in the marketplace soliciting for investment. So Andy Irvine and My House in Australia have been out there in the marketplace soliciting for investment. So they want help from people like you and I, you know, people who are entrepreneurs and investors. So what does Andy Irvine say in his email to me? Let me read it to you so I don't get it wrong. Andy writes, fuck off, idiot, and take me off your list. Apart from being charming and eloquent, Andy does not seem to have received the message about good community relations and the benefit it can do for companies. So, Andy, if you're listening, and I'm sure he probably won't be because he obviously knows very little about business and is apparently not interested in learning anything, I'll be pleased to give you and My House Australia a lot of exposure, all for free. Andy's is a new approach to community relations and one that people listening to my presentations, reading my books and listening to the show may wish to avoid. It certainly elicited a great response in my presentations over the last few days and I'm sure it will continue to do so in the future. I'm doing a speaking tour of Australia a little later on in the year. We're doing quite a number of cities around the country and I'll be enthusiastic about talking about Andy Irvine's response and uh, see if that's reflected by anybody else. Incidentally, just totally by coincidence, we've got a presentation on the program today by um, John McPhee. He's a terrific guy. He's also from Melbourne, which I believe is the same town that Andy Irvine is from. And uh, he's telling us about his new global project called Sports Play Interaction, which is a sports-driven interactive gaming product, which I think is fantastic and perfect for the time. And I'll be talking to John after the next break. So no matter where you are in the world, have a listen because sports play interaction could just be for you. It really is great and the timing for this product could not be better. Now, I read a great article on the plane coming back from New Orleans last night in United Hemisphere magazine and it's called The Next Big Think. Not the next big thing, but the next big think. And uh, if you're on United and flicking through your um, hemisphere guide, come across this article because it's really good and it talks about why American companies are bringing their operations back to the US from offshore. Not only the US, but a lot of companies are bringing their um, business back to their home country. It talks about what a dramatic change that digital media has had on corporations and it's totally reversed this brand, the branding philosophy that we had. Up till now, branding and advertising just used images and slogans and 
very clever messages to convince us all that they really shared our values, where in reality they could be outsourcing every aspect of their business. And in fact, in this article, it gives an indication of a company that was seen as a manufacturer in America that was actually outsourcing absolutely everything. Um, But they could be outsourcing every aspect of their business or they could be having their product made in child labour sweatshops in a third world country somewhere. However, the internet's focus on social connection has meant less focus on the brand character and more focus on who the company is in terms of philosophy and employees and their values, what they stand for. Now, the smartest companies in America are already bringing the manufacturing back to the US. Among these are Apple, General Motors, and even Frito-Lay, which has announced domestic production again. Apart from having the population feel good about the manufacturing in America, this magazine article says it gives these companies a chance to build a culture from the inside out and stay close to the products and processes that are the company's lifeblood. It's a great article and makes a lot of sense. And while we're on good news, some more good news, the United States still ranks in the top 10 in almost every category of innovation. We're sixth in the world out of 86 countries in research and development investment. Israel is in first place. We are seventh in engineers, and we are number one way, way, way out in front on patents. The combination of these numbers is the Global Technology Index, which is a broad assessment of the technological and innovative capabilities of the world's leading nations. The US is third behind Finland, number one, and Japan, number two. And when it comes to medical innovation, the US is number one by a long shot. Entrepreneurs, you deserve much of the credit for these numbers because you not only create new jobs and products and services, you, you know, you're the ones creating new jobs. It's not the big companies, it's entrepreneurs. And uh, that information came to me care of Dane Blair, who's one of my peers at Metal in Los Angeles. And I thank you for that email that you sent out, and I look forward to seeing you on Saturday. You're listening to the Bob Pichard Radio Show. The whole reason we're here is to assist entrepreneurs to become successful. So if you've got a question about any aspect of business, please don't hesitate to email me at bobbobpritchard.com, and we will answer it on air, or we'll email you directly. We're the number one show in the world for entrepreneurs, so no matter where you are on this big, beautiful planet, we thank you for listening. After the break, I'm going to be speaking with one of the most incredible women on the planet. I absolutely love this girl. She was America's first lady of rock. She's She travels the world to improve performance. She's big on getting women started. She creates strong teams, how to create strong teams, how to increase company sales with her rock star principles of success. She's the author of Rock to the Top, what she learned about success from the world's greatest rock stars. 
She knows every rock star on the planet, this chick. She is fantastic. And she's also written 101 Ways to Rock Your World and Everyday Activities for Success Every Day. Don't miss it. She's great. Also, after the break, John McPhee with his terrific new product. You're listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business, and I'll be back, (coughs) excuse me, with Dana and John in just a moment. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard No Bullshit Radio Show. This is the segment in the show where we... We talk to people who are involved in entertaining or entertainment business, whether it be speaking or theme parks or whatever it is, about what goes on behind the scenes. Not the glitzy and glamour crap that you see in the tabloids, but what the real business is all about. We've had great discussions with actors, producers, theme park attraction developers and lots of others. Today, my guest is Dana Steele a speaker, an entrepreneur, and an author. Dane is the author of Rock to the Top, a wonderfully entertaining and educational tome about what she learned about success from the rock and roll business. Dana was known as the Lady of the Night. That bit appeals to me. And then <laughs> the First Lady of Houston Rock Radio at KLOL with a legion of fans called the Steelworkers, which I also thought was cute. For years, she's built relationships with the world's top rock stars. I've read about Billy Idol at Waterworld, travelling with Van Halen, friends with David Cosby, dinner with ACDC, drinks with David Bowie. It goes on and on and on. Now, the reason for this segment is to show the parallels between entertainment and business. Dana is an expert at both. Hi, Dana. How are you? 
I am fabulous. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And that was a great intro. I'm taking you on the road with me. Oh, okay. I love it. Um, <laughs> I, I mentioned to you before that I was a rock singer back in my younger days, and I gave it up because I realized that I really didn't have enough talent and was only a matter of time before somebody worked it out. Um, why on earth would you give up a stellar radio career, particularly in rock and roll? Why would you give that up? Well, you know what? I know early on, early on, that my shelf life as a female rock and roll DJ was short. It really was. And there's only so much money you can make in it. And I'll be perfectly honest, I am a capitalist from the word go, and I love money, and I love the, the things that money and success buy. Um, and, and I could see where radio was going. I could see, first of all, that my career wasn't going to be that long. It was just the nature of the beast. Yeah. And I needed to get in, I needed to work hard, strike hard, make the money and make the contacts and that, turn that into something else. That's the most important part of it. That's, I still have um, people come up to me um, who say, you know, I saw you 40 years ago <laughs> on television and I remember you and that you can't buy that sort of exposure, can you? No, and it's wonderful, but you've got to figure out, and you did, and I did, and it's with any business, whether you're, you know, whether you're on television or on the radio or you're, you know, a salesman, the number one salesman for the, you know, Acme Corporation. Yeah. Things don't last forever. Everybody got tired of the original iPod, so they had to come up with the iTouch and then the iPad, and, you know, Steve Jobs was one of those visionaries, and that's what you have to be. Every successful person, whether, you know, you're Mick Jagger or not, you have to be a visionary and not only keep your customers happy today and keep them really happy because the competition's so fierce, but you also have to be a fortune teller and be following the trends and what are people saying on Twitter and what are they saying on Facebook and, and what is it that there's a need for. You have to be looking forward, and that's what I was constantly doing in my career. The majority of people that, that, that I worked with, you know, a lot of them, not a majority, but, you know, there's a lot of them that are, that are doing traffic for minimum wage. Yeah. I didn't want to do that. Sure. I wanted to go on and, and do more. And so I was constantly looking for opportunity to meet new people, try new things. And, and also when people would say, um, do you do presentation training? My answer is yes. Now I'll work um, out how the hell to do it. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll figure it out later. Yeah, do you exactly. do, um, you know, can you type? Yes. That's how I got my first job at my first major market radio station. And I went out and practiced typing so that I could fake my way through this until I could talk my way onto the air. I saw a photograph of you in a black little number with little round glasses with CDs stuck all over you. And I would have employed you anywhere in that at yeah, you know, at that time. I don't, I'm not sure how long ago that was, but it's one hell of a photograph. Do you know how scary the first part of that sentence was? I saw a photo of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? I am so grateful there were no cell phones in the 80s. <laughs> so, and, and that's what I tell people is, you know what? I wasn't a saint, and yes, it was sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and I'm here to tell you, it was Fun. It was. But I also knew it was a business. Right, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. It was. Now, it one, was amazing, and it still is. Yeah. Um, one line that really caught my attention um, 
is your statement that the biggest and most successful rock stars work the hardest and you know and this is a business show so we talk about business all the time and there's a great parallel i reckon between people who are successful in the rock and roll business or in any entertainment business are the ones who are smart who have passion who work hard who plan and and that's a that's such a great statement examples well, and it of is, people you know, who work hard I, I use the four principles, the four rock star principles of success. The first one is passion. And it's not that they were doing something they were passionate about. It's that they continued to feed the passions of their customers. You want the analogy in business? Customer service. They kept their customer, they gave their customers what they wanted. They took care, you know, they fed that passion constantly. The second one is knowledge. Even though they were, you know, even though, um, uh, let's say Robert Plant is singing Stairway to Heaven for the one millionth time and hates that song, that's what you paid to see. That's what he's going to do. He's going to fulfill that passion. But he's also one step ahead and, you know, looking at recording with Alison Krauss and looking at doing different things. Yep. He, he keeps up with what's going on. So you've got knowledge. The third one is networking. It's constantly getting out there, whether it's a concert or with the record people or it's schmoozing. It's constantly building your fan base, your network, because you never know who's going to be that next person that brings you that next killer project. And the fourth one is appreciation. It's the gold records. It's the, you know, it's the dinners. It's the trips. It's it's all the, you know, as we used to call it, Bob, the swag that... Yep. that we got. Yeah. But you know what? When you gave me a platinum album that, you know, said to Dana Steele, let me tell you, when you came out with that next album, it could be crap and I was going to play it because <laughs> I got a platinum album on my wall. And, and, and I remembered that you acknowledged that I did something for you. So you got passion, networking, knowledge, and appreciation. Well, and you and I know there's a lot more that goes into it, but that is a basic foundation for any successful career. I agree with that. Now, it, it's interesting because I, I started thinking about this um, yesterday and I thought, you know, rock bands are generally made up of average guys, but they've got a fierce passion. And running a business is probably, you know, the same sort of people, but they can't maintain the passion and 95% of businesses fail within 10 years. So... Do you think that it's it's the ability of rock stars to continually maintain a passion twenty years later, where after you know five years a businessman sort of bored with the whole thing? I don't think it's so much passion as it's is, is that that every time they record a new song, yeah, they are odds are they're going to fail, right. And, but they keep going. They learn from it. Okay, that didn't work. The audience didn't like that, but they liked this. Let's do that. Um, you know, they want more lights. They want more pyro. I think it's that most people, A, don't want to do the work yep. that, that goes into it from the very beginning, and, and it's a lot of work, and B, they don't try new things. Yeah. They rest on their laurels or they say that can't be done, or that's not the way we do it. Bands and artists continually try new things. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes the movie's a hit, sometimes it's not. Sometimes the TV show's a hit, sometimes it's not. 
Sometimes the new speech I try is a hit. Sometimes it's not. If they didn't laugh at that line, then I'm going to go back to the line they did laugh at <laughs> or the one that did touch a nerve. You know, and it, people are scared to fail. The people that fail, Steve Jobs, I keep going back to him, but he yeah. was such a visionary. And, uh, you know, everything he created was not an iPad. It wasn't a hit. There was crap he made yep. that didn't work. And he came back and said, that's crap. Let's figure out a way to make it better. Yeah, I think one other thing. And most people, when they fail, they quit. I think one other thing, though, with rock stars is that every time they walk onto the stage, they get that appreciation and, and a pat on the back for a job well done, where a CEO probably doesn't get many pats on the back and, in fact, probably gets criticised at the end of every quarter for not putting up enough um, uh, profits to to warrant a share price increase. So he's constantly being knocked down where rock stars are constantly being built up. So maybe Well, they're that... constantly being built up, but then they put out a song and it's not a hit. Yeah. So now no, they're not constantly being built up. And, and, and again, I'll go right back to him again, Steve Jobs. You know what? you got to be... Gene Simmons has the best line, and that is, life is too short to have anything but delusional notions about yourself. I agree with that. You have got to throw your shoulders back. You have got to believe that you're the best CEO or you're the best company or you're the best widget maker or you're the best rock star. And you've got to walk into every room and every situation and develop a thick skin because the bigger you get and the more successful you get, whether it's in business or rock and roll, there are going to be people trying to knock you down. And I know we're running out of time. I wanted to give you one other quote that I love, and that's from Dolly Parton. She said, I don't mind stupid blonde jokes because I know I'm not stupid and I definitely know I'm not blonde. <laughs> I'm actually doing an interview with Gene Simmons um, next week, and he wrote a forward to your book, and you didn't even have to sleep with him. I mean, how good a, you must be a good talker. <laughs> You know what? I was so persistent. It was either going to be a forward or a restraining order, one of the two. Unfortunately, it worked out in my, uh, on my behalf. I think he is one of the best marketers around, and it's interesting because I was talking to um, Tim Draper, who um, is responsible, as you probably know, for Hotmail and Skype and all multi-billionaire out of um, Silicon Valley. And even he said Gene Simmons is just one hell of a marketer. Because he works oh, he's at brilliant. Life. He's absolutely brilliant. If you can get past the pontification, he's brilliant. But you know what? He's up before everybody else, and he's still working when everyone else goes home. And while everybody else is out drinking and partying, Gene is still working and thinking and networking. The man doesn't drink. He's never touched a drug in his life. He's smart. He's yep. really, really smart. He's a, he's. A- Almost a great example of um, working on your business, not in it, although he works in it too, but he, he, he spends as much or more time working on the business as he does in the business. So who's the one rock outfit that can really teach companies about how to run a business, about branding, knowing your audience, giving them what they want, merchandising? Sammy Hagar. Sammy really? Hagar. I mean, look at the guy. He's still going. He's still going strong. He has so many businesses. He gives back to the community in so many ways you don't even read about. He sold his tequila company for $80 million. The man doesn't even have to sing, I can't drive 55 anymore. Yeah. But his work ethic, 
I mean, if you can get beyond the, if you can get beyond the sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and his new book, um, it's pretty intense. It's called Red: My Uncensored Life in Rock and Roll. Um, you will get such a sense of his business uh, sense that he has. I, I must admit, I'm I'm a little surprised by that because I thought you would have said Rolling Stones because I know um, some people who know um, Mick Jagger and they say that he is just He's a jobs. He's a, in in his industry. He's a visionary. He never stops working. He he, he would he, probably be. You know, I use. There's so many that I use, but the main ones I use when I talk about business are Gene Simmons, John Bon Jovi, Sammy Hagar, and Mick Jagger. Yeah. I mean, Mick Jagger fired the um, the manager for the Rolling Stones in 1971. He runs the business. Absolutely. More often than not. Mick Jagger does the settlement himself before he goes on stage. I said that's why he walks like a rooster. He knows he just made $5 million for 45 <laughs> minutes work. <laughs> <laughs> you walk like that too. Dana, thank you very much for your insights. It is great talking with you. You've had some fantastic experiences. I wouldn't have given up my rock and roll career for <laughs> anything. I mean, it's such it's such a joy, and I still know. Interesting, I still know all the guys from the rock and roll business forty years later. But I, you know, the average Freds that I knew back forty years later, I've forgotten them all. Now, who knew we would live this long, Bob? Absolutely. <laughs> who, who knew we'd live past twenty five? Um, I know, I know. Well, thanks so much for having me on. It's a pleasure. Now, if you'd like to get in touch with Dana or book one of her fantastic... Can you imagine this lady as a speaker? She is sensational. If you want to find out more, go to www.danasteel.com. So that's www.danasteel.com. And I'll be back with with more (laughs) No Bullshit Radio in just a minute. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Now, as you know, this program is all about entrepreneurs. I believe that 
entrepreneurs of the future of the planet, of the economy, because they're the people that create jobs. They're the people that drive new industries and drive new commerce. And uh, so we're here to support entrepreneurs. Now, in this segment, we give entrepreneurs the opportunity to tell us a little bit about their project and then tell us what we can do, what we can do that you and me can do to help them with their project and help them fuel their success. So I want you to listen very carefully. And if you can help in this project in any way, money, money would be great. But if there's any other way that you think that you can assist, let me know or let my next guest know. And today we're speaking with John McPhee, a great guy. Actually, he's quite funny. And um, <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about what he said later. But John's the creator, producer, and licensor of a world-exclusive multimedia project called Sports Play. Hi, John. How are you? Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. G'day, Bob. How are you? Thank you. Thank you for the introduction and thanks for the invitation on your program. Lovely to be here, mate. So what is Sports Play, John? Well, basically, Bob, it's in the area that you and I are involved with, entrepreneurs, entertainment, sport, and technology. And basically, in essence, it's the convergence of broadcast television together yep. with the internet yep. and mobile television applications, all these devices which you and I now have, smartphones, tablets, and PCs. And, of course, we integrate pay TV into that and the social media that collectively will provide the interconnection to present and market this project's it's interactive content, Rob, and this is what drives these devices, as you probably know, right across the marketplace. And basically, it generates those income streams that everybody wants to know. It's basically what you and I call show-me-the-money platform, <laughs> as any business person would ask you or me. And today, we know that the future is all about content. It's um, and it's all oh, about absolutely interconnectivity, and it's all about people all around the world participating in things. And of course, you know, we've got our tablets and our phones with us twenty four seven. So, absolutely, it's a great vehicle. Well, that sounds really great. So, oh, incredibly. What else can you tell me about it? Well, basically, uh, and this gears around an area which you and I are involved in, but also anybody across the globe. And that's the great thing I like about talking about you and your show today. This is a global platform, but how does it happen? Well, basically, it has an innovative competition event based around, and its format is very simple, a mini-TV game show format, which has customised and copyrighted elements, entertainment aspects, that are the television game shows, what you and I call the gameplay elements, the entertainment aspects. Right. And right across the marketplace, the inter interactivity aspect is the content and the player balance of uh, the entertainment and the sports themes, and we'll talk about that in a minute, that show you and bring you into play, watch, and win the game. I guess simply, it's like lotto, powerball, bingo, and the like, but with a footy fever passion. Now, you know about footy in your market. We just had uh, the Super Bowl, so you know about the footy fever uh, passion of that. I love it. I'm a, you know, when I first came here 25 years ago and I first looked at American football, I wondered what the hell I was watching. But now I absolutely <laughs> love it. So this um, will be readily adapted to all major football codes or 
Just yep, the NFL, our brothers and sisters up in Canada, where I spent five years working, uh, the English Premier League, Ed, uh, the English Premier League, and of course, the, the English Premier League, a lot of your listeners and viewers will already know that something like 648 million people globally follow the EPL every week. It's That's how big that soccer world game is. It's and of course, down big. where I'm in Australia. It's actually big here. You know, you'd be surprised how many people in the States um, follow the EPL. It's it's really quite extraordinary, and they're, you know... Oh, very much so. Very often on the yeah. news, even here. So, John, what are you well, looking for? Well, of course, for? in the southern part of your continent, uh, we've got the World Cup in South America. That's right. In July, June and July this year. Yeah. Well, you know, when, when I used to take my son to the soccer all the time here, and um, we would go and there'd be nobody... Nobody at the games, and then all of a sudden a thing called Beckham hit, and uh, since then yeah. the crowds have been fantastic. I mean, it's been really great. So this is a game that is interactive, um, played across all today's media, around sport, mm-hmm. and um, it's it, you can play, and it's interactive, totally interactive. So yeah, you, you and I on our tablet could be responsible for the uh, part of the content of the actual television game show, and right. in essence, will set up the gameplay finale that will win the game. That's how crucial the, the interactivity content aspect is about this program. Okay. It's that crucial. All right. So, John, how can we help you? we got a lot of people listening. What, what can they do to help you get this thing happening? Well, what we've got at this stage is all pre-production developments have been completed. In fact, I'm ready to go into the studio now. That's how far the development has gone. The trademarks uh, in most of the global markets and domain names have been registered. Obviously, it's not sports play for confidentiality. So we're looking for some funding around uh, 375,000 US dollars. I want to produce two format versions. Yes. of the television game show right. and how it will be presented on the platforms on smartphones, tablets, etc. And then show from that independent market research on the commercial advertising viability of the project, yep. how people make money out of sponsoring the program, but also how it stands in the marketplace for price points for competition entry, which you will do online through any one of these smart digital devices. In other words, the loans fund provider in providing same, he will be on the absolute ground floor opportunity uh, with this first choice option. It's not something like it's released and everybody said, but geez, why didn't you ring me three months ago? I wanted to get on the ground floor. Well, this is a situation about getting on the ground floor now, so to speak, Bob. Okay, so somebody puts in $375,000. What do they get? Apart from first option, well, he, he or she, yeah, he or she, he yep. will then. Uh, I will work with him or her yep. in customising the development program from here. Let's say it's America or Europe or France, wherever it is, into their local league's football code, and will produce it specifically for their market. Right. And I'll work with them with the implementation of the whole project to get it up and running. But eventually, it'll become a turnkey operation where they'll run it as because all the digital devices that make the whole thing come together, are already in the marketplace. Okay, so if I didn't, if I didn't want to um, take a licence for a country, but I, I simply um, wanted to invest $375,000, is 
is that opportunity available or is it only for people who want to buy a license? Well, initially, it's for the licensee okay. to, to see the opportunity because it, it's that type of new innovation and there are entrepreneurs out there who are looking for that opportunity. Sure. To answer your question the other way, Bob, at this stage, I'm not uh, offering or selling equity okay. because uh, because of the immediacy of uh, uh, the, the broadcast and digital media today. This can get to somebody who's an entrepreneur, sees that vision and runs with it. Right, gotcha. And John, how do they get in touch with you? Okay, um, probably the best way is the email. Would you be comfortable with that? Sure, absolutely. Okay, my email is J for John, A for Apple, M for Mary, the numerals 42 at live, L-I-V-E dot com, J-A-M 42 at live dot com. Great. Now, what I'll do then is I'll provide for them uh, a sneak peek presentation document uh, via their email request, and then from their first assessment of that, uh, we can get down to the executive summaries and all of those other support documents. Terrific. Thanks, John. Now, if you'd like to know more about how you can become involved with this great project, you can contact John, as he said, at jam42 at live.com, or you can contact me, bob at bobpritchard.com, and I'll connect you straight through to John. This is Bob Pritchard. And I'll be back with you after this short break. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard straight-talking, absolutely no-bullshit business show coming to you this week from here back in Los Angeles. Now, this is a segment of the show where we bring you an answer, emails, from our listeners all around the world. And uh, I really enjoy this part of the show. My first email comes from Ian Anderson of San Diego, California. And Ian writes, I really enjoy your show. It provides me with a lot of valuable information. I'm active in the local Chamber of Commerce and I'd like to hold some seminars to address the biggest challenges that are facing small business today. In your opinion... What would be those challenges? Woo. Okay. Well, beginning a business from scratch is very difficult. And um, there are so many challenges. And, and some of these challenges get even bigger once you have got the company up and running. So whether you're large or small, there are Issues like, you know, hiring the right person or building a brand and that sort of thing, providing good customer service. However, I guess there are some problems that are um, unique to small business. One of the major challenges you grow 
is possibly the one thing that helped you get the business up and running in the first place. If a single client makes up more than half your income, you really start to become an independent contractor rather than a business owner. And uh, diversifying your client base, it's vital to growing a business, but it can be difficult, especially when the client is big, is demanding, but pays well and pays on time. You know, that can be a godsend. That can save you one hell of a lot of worries, and I understand that. But this arrangement also allows for this client to just walk, and uh, you're screwed. Then you've got to go out and find new clients, and uh, it's really difficult. But, you know, if, um, if they've got a constant need for your product and there's no one else who's going to move in and undercut you very quickly, well, I guess it's fine. But um, you do have to be very careful and try and get a diversified client database because um, when your major client falls off, you need to have somebody to replace it fairly quickly. Now, the second major challenge in most businesses is being able to pay the bills. So to avoid being broke, small business owners should either be well capitalized, which sounds much easier than it is, or be able to pick up extra income to shore up cash reserves when they need to. So that's why many small businesses start out with people working their nine-to-five job and then do their um, startup business after hours, but it's damn hard to do that. You get tired very quickly, then you start to make mistakes and you've got to split focus and um, you can just it just makes running a business impossible. Now, so money management becomes even more important when cash is flowing into the business so, because you need really need somebody independent to um, to do your books and look after it. The complexity of business books go up every time you get a new client and every time you get a new employee. So, getting a bookkeeping firm or something to assist you makes a big, big difference. I think the third major issue is one that I run into and see constantly. You know, you started up a business, you're enthusiastic, you're working dreadfully long hours, the work and the constant pressure to perform, to continue to manage staff and meet orders and meet deadlines wears on the most passionate individual. So most business owners, even successful ones, get stuck working much longer hours than they want to, much longer hours than your employees do. And because most entrepreneurs think that, Christ, if I'm not doing it, it's not going to get done, or if I stop doing it, the business is going to fall apart, they don't delegate very well. So then fatigue sets in. You get weary. You make rash decisions about your business. And, uh, you know, finding, finding that 
steady pace that keeps the business rumbling along without um, killing the owner is a challenge that comes up very early in a business and unfortunately stays with you. Another major issue for many small companies is their dependence on the entrepreneur who commenced it. Now, you started the company, it's now got got up and running, everybody knows you and everybody admires you. What happens if you get hit by a bus? What happens then? Would the company still function? Would you be able to pay your bills? You know, unfortunately, in most cases, the answer is no. A business that can't operate without its founder, well, that's a business that's heading down the tubes. And it's often caused by simply by the founder being unable to let go of making certain decisions because of fear of failure. And, you know, that sounds easy to just say, oh, I'll hand all the responsibilities of, for this area of the business over to Fred. Um, but in practice, we don't do it. And I understand that um, we're a bit nervous about whether Fred can handle it. And, you know, you might have a bit of a drop in productivity for a little while until Fred really gets the handle of it. But, um, you know, you've got to give them a chance to learn the ropes and your business will run much better for it. And each of these things are challenges, but they can all be readily overcome. Um, One of the worst things a would-be business owner could do is to go into a small business without thinking about these challenges beforehand. You know, you do a a SWOT analysis. What are the strengths of the business? What are the weaknesses of the businesses? What of the business? What are the opportunities? What are the threats? And all of these things that I've mentioned, they're all threats that you need to be aware of and then you need to plan um, to be able to address. So you need contingencies. Ian, I hope that answers your question. And uh, a copy of Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, How to Blitz Your Competition, my latest book. It's on its way to you tomorrow, and I hope you enjoy it. If you're a regular listener to the show and are benefiting from the advice that my guests and I give you each week, please tell your friends to listen. Go to my website at bobpritchard.com and subscribe to my monthly newsletter. By this time next week, we will have a new website up, all bright-eyed, bushy-tailed and sparkly and spangly. So I hope you go and have a look, bobpritchard.com. Send in your questions, email me at bob at bobpritchard.com and follow me on Twitter, Facebook and Google Plus and become my LinkedIn contact. I hope you've enjoyed the show. We've enjoyed bringing it to you since 2011 and we will see you at the same time next week no matter where in the world you are. So thanks for listening to the Bob Pritchard No Bullshit Business Radio Show for entrepreneurs on Voice America Business. And remember, if you're serious about being successful, this is the place to come every week at the same time. I'm Bob Pritchard, and I hope you have an absolutely sensational week. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.